this embroidery machine when I got that that barely made it down the stairs like it was like uh it was like me risking the whole embroidery machine just to get it down there Squeegee Inc. podcast season two this podcast is sponsored by Blind Maggot Magna Colors M&R Target Transfers and Adobe Creative Suite my name is Bavik Danak, and I'm 23 years old, and I've been running my own screen print and embroidery studio out of my parents' basement for about, it's coming to six years now. Once we hop into 2023, it's going to be six years. Um, and yeah, I've just been banging out screen prints from here, and obviously it didn't start like this. It all started from like very humble beginnings, and then it all just grew into what it is now. Yeah. Yeah, you've you've also done so much stuff. Like, I need to talk to you about um, the brand, which is like Grind and Glory. Is that right? And uh, no grind, no glory. Yeah. Oh, no grind, no glory. Ugh. Yeah. I didn't see that bit. And then like the shop and that. There's there's so many things that you're working on like simultaneously. Like, what do you think gets the most of your time? Do you think it's printing for aesthetic imprints or? what are you what are you focusing on this this coming year honestly it's so hard to like choose which one gets the most attention because recently I did just open up that retail storefront so the the goal for that was for me to I was basically trying to transition out of the basement into a Mm. shop that was Mm. the whole goal of that and then we just so happened to get a retail storefront now some backstory on that is me my family, we've always owned a retail clothing store. Um, it's always been like urban streetwear clothing that we just always bought and then resold. Um, that's always been a thing. While my dad and parents ran that store, I've, I've just been down here in the basement growing the wholesale side. So what, mm. what we've basically been doing is it's basically two different businesses. One's retail, one's wholesale. They've been doing their thing on the retail side of things. And I kind of started this wholesale side of the business six years ago out of the basement and I've been growing that so now when it came to time for us for me to look for shops I've been looking for shops around here and it's just it's so it's so hard because when you find a shop they want like an arm and a leg for rent and it's like I can't afford that it's just gonna be too much it's just gonna be me putting too much overhead on top of my head but at the same time I want to move out and get a shop because at some point you have to take the next step because yeah. in order to grow, there's the basement was be, basically the basement was becoming a huge limitation to me because in order for me to get a new press, new anything, it, it couldn't come down here because the way the basement is set up, the only way down here mm-hmm. is through the stairs. And yeah. that's like, it's not the best. I mean, this embroidery machine, when I got that, that barely made it down the stairs. Like it was <laughs> like a, it was like me risking the whole embroidery machine just to get it down here. They always do that, don't they? Just by like a centimeter, like somehow. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, it's so heavy and like to carry it down, it's like impossible. I actually have a video of, of bringing this thing down and we didn't even carry it down. We basically just slid it down like you would, <laughs> like like you're going snowboarding. You just slid it down and it's, it was a scary thing, but it made it. But now what I'm struggling to do is export the equipment from here to the new shop so everything's just been all over the place for it lately there's just so much going on the store 
setting that up and then trying to fulfill all the orders in the screen print side here in order for me to shut down to be able to move over there. So it's all just been a whole back and forth deal yeah. with that. So you've kind of like run against space being your limitation. So do you not think like you can actually like print more in there if you had some help, like if you managed to employ or what is your team like? Is it just you? Honestly, right now it's literally just me doing everything from A to Z. Um, the reason I did need, I did need to start needing help and my best, my best, help was probably my mom you know she'd always come down here and help me she was like she's like the best um person at the end of the conveyor drive to fold and fold and stack everything up so she, whenever she came down I was like yes <laughs> so she's been the best help but obviously I want to hire help like get somebody actually on board to like help me do screens or help me talk to customers or just some day-to-day things but I couldn't really do that I didn't really want to have people coming to my parents' house and then like them knowing everything, like the location. It's just a household thing. I just, I just Mm. didn't want to do that in the house. I really wanted to take the next step and move into an actual spot and then do that there instead of having people, random people come to the house. So the whole goal behind this new store is once I'm fully set up in there, is to obviously start hiring and building out a team because that's what I've been lacking. And really it's just starting to lead to burnout and getting really tiring when you're, when Mm. you're doing everything all at once. I'm sure you know exactly what I mean there. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So in the back, I I understand your dilemma as well, because we're in a similar situation where we're too big for this setup and we have to like reconfigure the space all the time for things like filming, like you do your YouTube as well. And then the retail, the huge, the, the premises are so big that you'd have to hire a massive team to justify it. So there needs to be some like little in-between step, doesn't there? So that's probably why you're going for the back room of the shop that you're going for. Yeah, it's, re- it's really tricky. Everyone's got their pressure that they're under at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky spot. <laughs> growing, so- I mean, growing a business is just, hard in and of its own you really don't know until you start until you get into a business and then you have to start growing and it's the growing pains I would say yeah but I I get the feeling that your whole family is self-employed have they been like a big help with like structuring the business and have no so no yeah go so not the whole family's unemployed um so I have two brothers they're both older brothers one is one they're both obviously went the college route and then got the nine to five job so we're just we're just opposites when it comes to that I'm the only son that's the self-employed business interested in the business stuff which I mean I have no regrets I love what I do Um, Mm. I would obviously rather do build my own business than to go work a nine to five building somebody else's. Um, And then there comes my dad and my mom. So um, we've had a store for about 10 to 11 years. It's really just been nothing like it it hasn't been nothing official. It's just really just a family owned mom and pop shop type of deal. It's just, we just had retail clothing in there. It's nothing. It's nothing like organized or like set into stone. It's really just run as is. Now, mm. what I decided to do is um, take that over. So when we moved into this new store, we moved into a mall that's closer to us. So before we 
we had to commute. My dad and mom, whenever they go to the store, they would have to commute 45 minutes to the mall. So mm. now we looked into this mall that's in Frederick. So I'm located in Frederick. Now there's a mall in Frederick, which is just 10 to 15 minutes away from this house. And our, our idea was to get a storefront, which is bigger in the retail side. And then now it's going to have a back room as well. So it's like, we're going to technically, you know, we're like cheating the system and running two businesses in one location. So we have a retail storefront in the front where people can come buy retail clothing as they do in a mall. And you just come buy hoodies, t-shirts, whatever you want. And then now little do they know in the back, it's going to be full custom production. So that's yeah. the goal of that. And then the, the idea of having the retail storefront coming under my name, which is aesthetic imprints is to grow the brand side of things. So now I'm dabbling into trying to grow a person like a clothing brand and doing the wholesale side. And it's yeah. like, it's definitely a battle because you know what they say? Like once you start doing custom production, it's hard to start building your own clothing brand because when the custom production orders come in, you don't know which one to prioritize, whether it's like, oh, we need more of these hoodies in the retail store, but I got to get this guy's orders out too. So it's like, yeah. it's like I'm, I've been battling between that, like trying to organize it the best way I can. But my main goal with this is to like make it possible to offer both custom apparel printing and doing your own brand mm. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I haven't been able to straddle those two very well like I've had to it's so hard I've had to push down the commercial so much that I, I see that you've got like a 24 piece minimum but ours is like cherry picking the it has to be a perfect job for us to stop doing blind maggot stuff now yeah we're getting more and more picky and more difficult to actually get for us to print for you so yeah like no new customers basically <laughs> right now it's it's definitely I hear you on it. so what's your minimum <laughs> or it's just it's just whatever you choose huh it, yeah it's not really the minimum it's the customer so blind maggot is your clothing brand yeah clothing brand so is that what you do most of yeah <laughs> okay but, but it's because uh so basically blind maggot was made so that we can make our youtube videos and have really good content for them so if we want to show mm -hmm. how to do a six color print with water-based ink Either we'd have to wait for a customer to ask for that or we do it for Blind Maggot. So that's right. how it started. And then it just gets its own thing. Like you start selling them and then it just like rolls on from there and it becomes more of your work than the commercial stuff. So right. now it's more of our time on that and hardly anything commercial. It just, and it's more fun. And it's it less is. like, it's less to and fro on emails and, keeping customers happy. It's really tricky. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's hard. It's rough. It's rough, but it's way more fun to do your own, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Especially if you've got your own retail store there to be able to sell it relatively consistently. I don't know. How, are you finding like you're putting your own like rail in there and seeing how it performs against the other stuff or how are you managing right. the selling? Right. Room? So, Right, exactly. So we're like, like these hoodies, we just, I just print up some cool little designs that I like. Stuff that I like is basically apparel with meaning. So I like to add a little bit of a quote here and there. And then obviously the no grind, no glory. That's like the biggest mantra I go by and I love it. And 
customers, believe it or not, in the retail store really love that saying. So whenever they see it on like track suits or like hoodies, it's like, oh, I like the no grind, no glory. Cause it's like, it has a, it has a, it's a powerful message in there. So mm. I'm really trying to push that and grow the aesthetic brand. Yeah. I think we both listen to the same music as well. Cause I hear Drake on almost all of your posts and I'm like, I love that song. I love that song. And if that's <laughs> going in, it's subliminally all of that kind of like graph, work hard, get your money um right. like be a good person uh, all of that kind of stuff goes in if you're listening to it enough right um yeah hey, i think i think music is uh music can definitely define you because like whatever you're listening to it it's speaking to you like it's like i think music has a big part in if you listen to it it has a big part in what you do especially what they say so i definitely try to listen to some positive music especially music with some motivation or like music with actual meaning and it's not just like party this party that etc yeah and it's coming across even in your designs which I think is it's funny but but then it comes across in your in the videos and all this kind of stuff so something I noticed recently was I follow like the business stuff is quite separate from your YouTube and then you don't actually advertise your YouTube on your business side like what was the (laughs) what was the thought there and like why are you keeping them quite separate? So are you referring to like the aesthetic imprints and then the YouTube channel? Yeah. So I don't really advertise the um, YouTube channel on my Instagram page as mm. much. Um, it really started that way. So the way I started YouTube was really just like put a camera on my face and go. Now, the biggest fear people have when starting a YouTube channel is people are going to laugh at me. My close friends are going to laugh at me. I'm on camera. It's going to get zero views. It's going to get nothing. So the way I started my YouTube channel two-ish, two, three years ago was I didn't tell anybody about the channel. I just put up a name, started making videos and just started posting. I didn't advertise it on Instagram. I didn't tell any of my family members. I didn't tell anybody that I was making videos. So I just kind (laughs) of let that, let that part of it grow organically. And the reason I did that was because it takes, it knocks out that fear of somebody else making fun of you or something Mm. like, you know, Mm. you know, like, you know, when you post a video and nobody watches it or none of your friends say anything about it or give you any feedback, it's like, wow, I'm gonna just give up. But what I did was just knock that out and just post YouTube videos and don't care what anybody says, don't care what anybody thinks or didn't promote it and just let YouTube do its thing. Obviously, it didn't start off the best, but slowly here and there, I just started doing it consistently and just didn't tell anybody until I got a thousand subscribers is finally when I opened up and like posted my first post on Instagram, like, hey, (laughs) I've been making YouTube videos. Here it is. And ever since then, I've just really stayed like that on YouTube. I just post the content. I don't really promote it as much on my Instagram page, which I think I should. But here's the thing. Everyone on my Instagram or all the inquiries that I get, the number one reason, because I have a form and then I try to ask them, where did you find out about me? And the number one feedback is YouTube. Cause they really? say I've watched your videos. So like they're already finding me on YouTube and then going to the Instagram and then doing that. So the reason I don't really promote it is of course the, I didn't want to like give up or have anybody make fun of me because it wasn't going the best. And then now it's like 
starting to do better, but I do need to be a little bit better and start posting it on Instagram, but I just don't, which I should. <laughs> well, why should you if it's got over like, is it like 12 and a half or something that I saw today? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think but it's, it's about 12, 12 and a half. Yeah, but it starts, I think maybe it is separate. Like mine's quite integrated because um, that's just what we do. We're like teaching and stuff. But what kind of angle do you think works best for your videos? Because from like watching them, I'm seeing like a lot of day in the life of videos, but then you're also kind of getting into like the teaching. So what kind of videos do you enjoy doing or are you doing them to get more views or just to like track and make a kind of like online diary of what you're doing? Believe it or not, the reason I started the YouTube channel was really just to document my journey and growth. Cause mm-hmm. I want to be able to like 10 years from now, let's say I have that big auto shop and like, I could go back to these videos and see like, well, those were the days in the basement or like if anybody is curious to know how aesthetic imprints got where he is now, it's like, go back to the YouTube videos and watch because there's days when he was in the basement. There's days when he built this wall or there's days when he moved from the basement to the new retail store. It's like all of this is going to be documented. And that's the main reason why I'm doing it. But at the same time, I want to help these other viewers that are actually trying to get into this business or learn more about the business, see the process of growing this or see what goes inside and out of growing the entire business. And Mm -hmm. people really, it's the, it's the feedback that I've been getting in the comments is like, people love to see the behind the scenes and the day in the life and the documentation of it. So it's like, I'm just going to stick to it and just be raw, just put a camera on my face and just, keep doing the day in the life. And then there's obviously some YouTube comments that are going to give you suggestions on some videos to make. So it's like, I just, if, if I like something, I'll just make a video out of it or something like that. But mainly it's just me documenting the journey and the process. And it's really bringing me in more business as well, because people love to see it. And honestly, that's probably where I get a lot of my business from is believe it or not YouTube just from me teaching or giving away the how to even screen print it's like you would never think that would bring you business but it does it's like weird I I didn't see this coming but now it's like it does happen yeah and then you're thinking how are these poor bastards who don't have a YouTube channel or an Instagram or a TikTok how are they doing it are they just relying on contract print jobs where they're they're like so like with contract, I've kind of figured out recently that when they do that, they're not making any money on the garments at all. The margins yeah. are really tight. Right. You're being like worn down by them and they're trying to reduce the contract and increase the like person. Uh, it's, it's just like, it looks like a difficult industry to be in. And it's almost very separate from what we're doing, like direct to customer. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But then they're just relying on that. Whereas if you look at the stream of like inquiries that me and you are getting on our like separate businesses, I'm uh-huh. having to actually like push the push jobs to like other local studios because I don't, it's not something that fits in with us, but um, mm-hmm. I just don't know how they're generating inquiries without. That's my question. Content. Well, Cause there's, that's my, that that's exactly my question. I wonder the same thing. Cause there's some big, big, big companies out there that don't make any content, but it's like, they probably have all these contracts with big companies already locked in where they don't 
don't even need to make content because they don't want the they don't want the regular old 24 piece shirt job versus where they have like probably thousands of pieces and jobs yeah which is great i mean i I think it's just a different way that they have like you said the contract side that that's difficult though because from our perspective of being manual printers we're looking at them and seeing how much they're doing but it's nothing to do with us it's a completely different industry they're doing contract printing it's a completely different beast and it's like um nothing (sighs) that we can actually relate to but we think it's like just um what we're doing but magnified but it's not really that's kind of that's kind of what i'm figuring out but yeah it's hard because with that with that side of things you really have to be dialed in it's every every time every minute matters because there's not a lot of room to mess up there and you don't make as much money so actually i'm wrong i mean you might make way more money but you really have to be actually have an auto or something to help you get the jobs done faster mm. versus us manual printers it's takes a little bit more time with us yeah <laughs> but every shirt we print we get more money per shirt by far because i think i think that's i think that's uh-huh. true because our overheads are so small that even so if we small. went went for like a month or something without any jobs we wouldn't go under <laughs> Do you know right what I mean? and that's what i love that's what i mm. love it's like if you were that big, it's like, holy shit, I got like 30, 40 grand of overhead every month. So like, mm. I better pull in like at least $100,000 worth of sales every month. And I'm like, that's stressful. Like that must be really stressful Yeah. versus us. It's like, we're like more laid back, enjoying life more. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know, isn't it? But I'd love to just everyone's accounts all be open and you could just like go in and see you how much money everyone's making. Yeah, that, that would be, that would be I know. cool. <laughs> I know. Um, can, can we talk about like how you, um, how you've brought in the embroidery recently? Cause that was like a year or so ago, right? Like how yep. was that like complimented the studio and were you turning away those jobs initially? And you're like, oh, I'm turning away so much. I need to bring that in house. Yeah, so when I first started the business, I started with screen print, um, but I've always wanted embroidery. Every time I looked at it, I was like, oh, one day I'm going to get that. It's just, <laughs> I just I just already knew it was a beast of a machine and it's going to cost a lot more. Um, it's not something you just, I guess you could get that little brother press, I mean, the embroidery mm. machine, which I was going to do initially. I was like, you know what, I, I'm did like, it. I might just... You did? It's, okay. it's not a good idea. You have to, <laughs> it's like, it, it feels like a nice idea, but you have to jump to the big one. So, yeah. Right, right. So, so I was going to do that. I was going to do that route, but I was like, wait, you can only do one. And it's like, you're limited on what you can do. It's not going to be as, you just won't be able to produce as quickly as you would on a, a industrial machine. So I was like, if I'm already getting bulk pieces in screen print, what if somebody gives me a run of like 30 hats, 50 hats? How am I going to do that on that brother? It's going to take forever. So I was like, you know what? Just going to hold off on you. Let me just grind it out on the screen print <laughs> side, make a little bit more change. And then when the time is right, I'll, I'll pull the trigger. And last year I was just like, man, I can't, I need to add it. It would be a great addition because I've already got this screen print clientele base 
built out. And honestly, the screen print client base is the same as the embroidery yeah. client base. Because once you add embroidery, it's like, oh, hey, we also offer embroidery. And it's like, it's not, it's not like you're starting from scratch because no. you already have that client base built. So I think that's like the good safe route is build out that first initial base screen print side. And then I was like, okay, it kind of feels right to me. I hope. So I was going to get a single head machine, but then I opted for the two head for the same reason. Cause I was like, if I'm getting 50 shirt orders here, what if somebody gives me a 50 hat order? It's like, that's going to take me like three, four days just to even do one order. It's like, that's not realistic. So I was like, let me at least get the two head. So I pulled the trigger. I mean, this machine has a great finance rate. It's like, you just pay monthly and it's like the machine just pays for itself. So it's like, yeah. It's it's been a win win and screen print and embroidery just go hand in hand. It's like yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and it's it. also not a steep learning curve, is it? I always say this, but how did you find it? Did you did you struggle with it a little bit? Uh, I definitely struggled with it. Um, I wouldn't. There was there was definitely a little bit of a learning curve, like densities, digitizing, um, like hats. Hats were tough because. I'd often get like loss of registration on hats. And it's like the same thing with screen print. You get loss of registration there too. So it's like, they still go hand in hand, but with some trial and error, you you start to get it down. I'm still learning. I'm no professional at it still, but now I've basically got it. But Bab, you're a professional at it because you <laughs> you are a professional at it technically, so you can't say that. Okay, okay. Yeah, am, but, <laughs> you're like an expert, an expert. That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but there was definitely a learning curve to it a little bit, but it's nothing you can't um, handle. But it was tough because, like, sometimes I would run into, like, issues in the embroidery machine, and it was like, I need to screen print, and I need to get these orders out. It was just super stressful, but we're, it's, it's, all, it's all a part of the journey, huh? Yeah, because you do take on, like, challenging jobs. Like, that. I watched that video where you were printing on those horrible bags. I'm just going to call them the horrible bags. The red ones? Uh, oh, yeah. They're probably, like, yeah. scarred in your head. I think it was, like, oh, six months God. ago or something. Like, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> what made you take that job on? Was it was it good in the end? Like, would you do, you do you give that advice to, like, try challenging stuff or to just leave it alone or...? <laughs> That job was funny. Um, the client reached out to me and they were like, we have a hundred of these nylon bags. It was, it was something like waterproof and everything. And they were like, we've called every screen printer. They said they can't do it. And I was, and then they came to me and I was like, can you bring me the bag? I would like to see it. And yeah. then, <laughs> then I looked at, it, I was like, doesn't seem that hard. Um, <laughs> so I was like, let's do like a test run let me let me do one and see how it comes out i'll show you it and everything goes if everything looks good we'll move forward so i did one for them um i called my uh one of my buddies uh nick wood um he works for screenprint.com at the time he did he sold me my original screen print set right here mm. um so i called him up i was like do you have any advice for this like what ink i could i could use like what type of anything and then he he gave me a link to like an additive and everything it's all in the video and I tried that out and did my did my print on there and it turned out well so but the thing you have to be very careful for with those is like don't over flash it or else it's gonna melt and like but hindsight I 
I don't regret doing the job, but it definitely wasn't the most fun, but I got it done. No, yeah. no bags messed up. Fingers crossed. I was, I was begging no bags messed up because when she t- showed me the retail price on those bags, I was like, why did I yeah, take like, this job? Whose responsibility is that if you mess it up? Like I've always felt like I kind of try and do a bit of a disclaimer. Like if I mess one of these up, it's not my fault, but then you feel it is your fault. Like if uh, you were yeah, to, you, but yeah. I definitely, yeah, it's like, whose fault really is it? Because <laughs> it was like a hundred or so, hundred or so dollars each bag. And I was like, what if I mess this up? Who's, I guess it's my fault, but like, do I have to buy, replace the bag or something? Is it your fault for to, if I didn't say I knew how to do this? I was just, you're just saying that you can print the job. I think it, it's, that's really tricky, but probably something we should have in writing. Like, it's a sticky it's a sticky situation <laughs> yeah um so like with with all this kind of like transition of being like you were very small and now you've kind of got more equipment and you're running more like a business like how does it work in the U.S. where you're like self-employed to having a more structured company and like that type of thing like have you how have you dealt with that are you still kind of self-employed or yeah, so before I didn't do anything. I wasn't anything. I wasn't like a, I think you guys call it sole trader. I guess, yeah. I guess that's what I was, sole proprietor. Um, but then I did my LLC and everything, which is a limited liability company. And then with that, you just register yourself as an official business and everything and then mm. just go from there. So that's better because then if anything went wrong, it's the company's f- problem, not yeah directly yours yeah. like they can't come up yeah you. yeah but then again why would i don't know if anybody's ever sued a screen print shop has they i don't know i bet they fucking have that i, I bet, bet they have yeah they definitely probably but yeah that's what i just did is llc um and just been going from there now i'm trying to look to hire a accountant on board and then have discussions with them every month yeah just to help out especially because now we have like a storefront and everything more overhead and like I want the most benefits when it comes to taxes and stuff yeah no like I would that is do you know when people say like oh what would you invest 10k in in your business accountant like first thing they offset they offset costs they get you like they let you know about grants that you didn't know about we've got something called VAT I don't know if you have VAT where you charge 20% to the customer uh-huh. and then you have to get it back for the government and pay it to the government no 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 tax we, it, if we sell 100 quids worth of product we have to add 20 percent on and then we have to save that 20 percent and give it to the government yeah are you talking about tax for yeah one tax one type of tax yeah so you, you guys to- so uk has 20 percent tax i was just there um uh, my cousin had a wedding there um <laughs> you guys you guys have 20 percent tax that's it's, it gets it gets worse than that so as a limited company 20 percent of our profits also go to the government so we've got oh. to think about yes yeah, so we've got to think about corporation tax business rates which is just it's just it's so many different taxes it's unreal i don't know how anyone keeps it in their heads um, it's, it's so crazy it's so yeah. crazy that's why i definitely want to have a I guess accounting is definitely not my strong side. It's like my weakest side. So I definitely want to start delegating that type of stuff over. Yeah. Yeah. 
because uh, as we were talking about that the other day, we're like, oh, okay, so we're only really a two-person team. But then we're thinking, no, we're more like a six-person team because we've got like someone helping us with our videos now. We've got accountant, bookkeeper, like there's actually quite a lot of people. Like, do you have um, certain people that you delegate out artworking to or you said about your digitizing or you try trying to give that work over to other people? Yeah, so for digitizing, I use graphic source um yeah i just started using, i i just did not want to learn digitizing it just looks i just didn't want to learn i just don't <laughs> even want to do it i'd rather just mm. chip it out um and then my screen print side i did start chipping that stuff out so when it comes to like vectors or separations uh, i chip it out to somebody yeah. in indonesia and mm. believe it or not i met him through youtube oh really in the beginning stages, he was a viewer. Um, he commented. He was like, yo, we should talk or we should network or we should message. And I was like, yeah, message me on Instagram. And then this guy is like a full-blown wizard when it comes to separations and stuff. So now so now I just send it all to him and he just knocks it out of the park and just sends mm. it right back to me. And it's been like the best, best, um, best connection I've made, especially through YouTube. Yeah. No, yeah. But do you get bombarded with all the digitizer guys in general, like constantly? Oh yeah, they're so annoying. But then, but then you're thinking, wait, my mate is a digitizer guy, so is he doing that like to other printers? Or, but I don't know. It's it's hard, isn't it? Because you kind of got to play. You got to like work with them. But then, are they the same people who are hassling you day to day? Like, yeah, it's like uh, calling a message. It's like. You get the calls, you get the DMs, you get everything. And then let's not forget the DMs from like people from clothing manufacturers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I you know. What I started doing is just blocking them, just one by one, block. Once I see it, just block. I, I, I don't want to deal with these. Have you noticed that they use profile pictures of like really hot hot women and men and stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah that's I funny. know you yeah. don't look like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like catfishing. Screen Whose identity is. did you steal? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's wrong on so many levels. It's so it's so wrong. <laughs> I know. It must work on someone. There's some like creepy guy going, Oh, I might be in there with this hot model. I don't know. I don't know what there's what's happening yeah. there. Yeah. So um it's so tricky with you because you've got so many different things to work on, but like in an ideal circumstance in like five years, say, when you've given yourself a bit of room. Would you rather be working all on no grind on glory, no grind, no grind, no glory, or would you rather be like uh, one of the big print shops that just does loads of customer jobs, or do you need a hybrid? Or it's mm, a good question. I would want to. I would want to master both. That's my. That's my goal is to like actually be able to like run both of them. Mm. So. My five-year goal is obviously to get an auto. That's something I want, like, ASAP. Um, <laughs> so I want an auto. And then, obviously, I want to, like, start building a team around the custom side of things where they can start helping me um, produce these orders. And then, obviously, the clothing brand side. Clothing, see, a clothing, I think you can make more money on the clothing brand side because if you become, like, that world, like, a good brand that can produce – not just in the retail side, but like 
uh, online e-commerce and you're like shipping these orders out, it's like you could be shipping out hundreds and hundreds of t-shirts every day and making a retail profit on it mm. versus a wholesale profit. So it's yeah. like, where do you want to like put your energy into all this for the past six years? I've put my energy into the wholesale side. I've grown it this much, but like, what would have happened if I would have put my all of my energy into growing a brand? I could have been selling loads of orders because the original reason I started what I'm doing now is to produce my own apparel, produce for my own brand. But then obviously you run into the custom side of things and then people asking you need to do this, do that. And then I just somehow got caught up into like, hey, I'm a custom apparel printer. I can print for you, et cetera. But now I'm really trying to lean into building my own brand because that is really, that has always been my dream is to like have my own brand and like build my own brand and like Mm. be a clothing brand and like fashion. I've always been into it. So that's always been the dream. And I'm going to start focusing on that dream as well as the custom side. Yeah, because it feels like you don't want to let go of all that stuff you built with aesthetic imprints but right. it is trainable mm-hmm. like people can take orders they can break down artwork for you they can print it they can ship it all those things are things that you can teach someone to do but your clothing brand isn't something that you can teach really it's kind of like you is is literally coming from you and your ideas and your passions and stuff so yeah maybe train training like a group to do aesthetic imprints but like overseeing yeah, they right. go in so many different ways. I'm very excited to keep watching the YouTube to see like it's, it's tough because it when you Yeah, it's tough because on the brand side, it's not just like you print the product and you, you throw it on the website, that's it, and customers are just gonna come. You really gotta mm-hmm. like market it now. Now you gotta like create content. It's like, okay, I've built aesthetic imprints and got this much of a following on Instagram or YouTube with that. Now it's like start all over and do this brand side. It's like I want to do this but like yes I do want to do it it's like so let's go but I don't want this aesthetic imprints company that I've grown it's like my baby now I don't want to kill that I don't want to like starve it to death so it's like come on let's both just carry both of them and just take it both with me yeah yeah Uh, it's it's a real challenge but it's it's like personally we haven't ever really promoted our clothing brand (laughs) we've got to just like put the pictures up when we've got them but we've never done like a photo shoot or paid for advertising or anything like that but we sell in real person but that's kind of what you're doing as well so you have that you have that way of selling um so do you sell yeah. out of the studio no we sell there's a local shop that holds a couple of rails so there's one okay the website but that's mainly people who've seen it in real life and then go oh okay i'll buy it on your website and then mm-hmm. there's like monthly markets which come and go with the seasons. Like, um, so it might be like there's events, special events that we attend. So, dude, that takes so much time out of your day to even prioritize things like that over your custom side. Cause like that's eating into your time, right? Kind of. But the shop is like, I'd say it's two hours a month. Like, we went and did our shop count today and it was like, not even two hours. It was probably an hour. You just put it in. They sell it for us. Take a commission. That's like no effort at all. Um, but it ticks over because they're doing all the selling and everything. Uh, 
the market store, I get it. It's it's a it's about six hours a month because you're there for six hours trading. But again, it's just mm-hmm. load the van, go do it, come back. And it's right. one hit and it's a really nice, intense burst of money and stuff. And then what's the other one? The website is hard. We don't because we don't do advertising and stuff, it doesn't really generate that much. So not really. Would you wanna would you would you want to um start doing more online sales? Probably blind maggot. Yes, but it means we have to I feel like we have to do that thing that you're just saying, like start all over again, do videos, figure out how to sell the t-shirts and not just selling them yeah. making the t-shirts. It feels like a whole new thing, but it does. It's 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 tough, but like I think you can make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, if we, it, it's just never been the concentration because like we want to do teaching videos and stuff like how you right. want to, like you've only got so many hours in the day and you're filling them up now. So how are you going right. to, it's like, yeah, how, do you, exactly. how, do you, how do you concentrate on more stuff? Yeah. Um, can we, can we talk about like YouTube again? Like, are there any like videos or like mistakes that you made making the videos that you'd like deter other people from doing? Even if it's something simple like, uh, do you do all the editing and stuff yourself as well? Like, how do you do. figure all that out? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I do. So deter sort of like deter them from. Well, a lot of people have like walls up about how to get started. Do you think it's just just start talking to camera, edit it in the most oh, basic started way? On, yeah. Started on YouTube, mm. like start making content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that would actually tie into what I did, what I said earlier. Remember how I said, so most people don't start YouTube because they're scared of what people Mm. around them are going to say about them making that video. They're going to look stupid on camera or something. It's like, no, just, just go super MIA, just go ghost and like make the video, but just don't tell anybody you're making the video. Let the YouTube algorithm do its own thing and let it grow organically. Don't tell any of your family members, don't tell anybody because what that, what that eliminates is the self doubt and the self pity of like, what if they're judging me watching this video? It's like, don't tell anybody about the videos, just post the videos, let it organically grow and don't tell anybody and just see where it goes from there because that just takes the embarrassment out of it. I don't know if Mm. I'm explaining it the most best way. I think you are. Yeah. But like people are just always scared of what people around them are going to say. And I was too. I mean, it's like everyone is, but it's like, you know what, what if you just eliminate that entire risk in and of itself and just don't tell anybody. So that's what I did. It's just started making content. Um, the way I did, I started was I, it was just from my phone. So I grabbed my phone to this day, till this day, I use my phone, believe it or not. So I just grabbed my phone record the day in a life. What am I doing in the day? Oh, we got this order to do. We got to wash these screens. We got to do this. Just talk to the camera and do this and then just post the video. But don't don't tell anybody if you're scared of what people are going to say or judge you or anything. Just eliminate that risk in and of its own and just produce the content and let YouTube organically do its thing. And yeah. it worked out pretty good for me. And I'm yeah. happy I did it that way because it's like you're just eliminating any risk. Have you found like um, the big suppliers are starting to contact you now about like the monarchink and that type of thing? Like, are they trying to say like, oh, can you show this in your video and like sponsorships and things like that? Is that happening yet? Or 
Kind of. So Monarch Inc. actually didn't reach out to me. That was just me organically making, ordering and buying the products myself. And because um, I just heard so much things about Monarch Inc., especially from the shirt show and like a lot mm. of people using it. And I was like, you know what? Let me invest in a new ink mixing system and get this thing and try it out and then document my journey on YouTube. So that's what I love to do. So I just got that documented it um they didn't send me that or even communicate with me about that um but i just started doing that and honestly i love that ink it's been it's been an awesome ink um it's the opacity and everything has been great but there's obviously some people that will reach out to you like let me send you this and just make a video out of it it's like i don't say yes to that because it's like i don't want to be those influencers that just take your product and make a video just to like promote it or like get money from it it's like i'm only going to use your product if i like it i'm not going to just make a video out of it post it and then never use the product and just lie to the audience like that it's like mm. i just really want to be genuine with the people on my youtube yeah. channel yeah I've, I've had the same experience everything that someone sent me that i didn't request has always been a bit naff and i don't want to show it yeah but but then i just showed the things that i've actually <laughs> physically used and used a lot of and I love mm-hmm. show that and then that works um right. yeah it's tricky though because I can see why people right, do yeah. get suckered into it especially new people who've got like the studio looks great and then they get sucked huh. into some of the big distributors um yeah no yeah. it's weird that no one's like like none of the big guys have reached out and just like I'd give you ink if I was Monarch Ink, knowing <laughs> the the consistency of the videos and all that is all ties in. So, so I appreciate that. Well, I don't, I don't. I guess it's like goes both ways. I don't really reach out to anybody. I just make the content. I'm not really trying to be that type of person. Um, if I like your product, I'll definitely try it out. But I've definitely had some people reach out to me and say, "Hey, we're gonna send you this emoji and just make a video out of it." It's like, well, hey, how are you? Like, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not just going to like, I don't even use your emotion, first of all, and you want me to make a video out of it. And I don't know anything about it. It's like, no. Yeah. That'll take you a whole day or well, more than that to do all the filming and right? stuff. But... It's like, it's not even worth it. It's like, you're just sending me one emotion and you want me to make a whole video out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but some people are doing videos for freebie stuff and it's not, it doesn't make sense long term. Cause like, how are you making money off that? Like, uh, you can't get paid in ink. <laughs> yeah, it's like getting paid in sweeties as a child. I just don't understand yeah, the don't model. But um... <laughs> yeah, I just try to keep it as as organic as it gets and just keep it yeah. real. Yeah. If I don't no, like I... something, I just say it. <laughs> yeah, I think that really comes across with your stuff. Um, I feel I feel the pressure of you, your day getting like you've got so much going on. I, I feel like I'm keeping you, but. Yeah. No, um, do, you no. want, do, you want, this... do you want to like say any like shop hack or anything that you've figured out? Did you did you get around to thinking about something like that? Um, no, sh- no specific shop hack. I, I guess a shop hack I would have is when you have a I guess when you're starting out and you don't mm. have the best press. Um, off contact can be a tricky thing. So this press. It's good, but I got a new press for the new shop. But this press, it's the off contact can be tricky. So my trick is grab like grab like a few business cards and like tape it to the edge of the screen. So that way when the screen comes down, it's like let's say this is the 
pallet mm. and then the screen comes down, there's a little bit of space because you're putting that a uh, business card. So it's forcing some off contact to happen. So when your press can't like have a good off contact, that's a good trick I've been using. Yeah. Okay. Just build it in, build the off contact in yep. so you don't have to be yep. messing Just around. build it in. Yeah. <laughs> just, just build it in. Yep. That probably saves a lot of people who gradually have their screens getting crapper and crapper as well. Like their tension is just going lower and lower and uh-huh. then they start having shitty, shitty prints. So just, yeah. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's like a, it's a way of getting around it. Right. So yep. yeah. 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 I'm excited for the new shop. I'm really trying to, it's really going to be a new, a whole new setup. I'm really trying to just dig in and like, make it like a smooth smooth manual print shop where everything is in order everything can be smooth a new press um i'll give you an inside look is i'm i i got the anatole thunder press eight by eight yeah yeah so i'm excited for that press it's just been sitting in my garage for the past oh that's three months (laughs) oh my god i've just been looking at it it's it's been torture it's like but I need to, so hopefully this week or early next week, I can get all this equipment moved into the new shop. And yeah. Yeah. But it goes with your branding as well. Bright red, right? So. It does. It's, so it's like, oh, okay. It does. I don't even have to spray it before I put it up. It's like all matching with your, with your logos and everything. Yeah. It is going to match. That's oh no. Cool. I'm just going to keep watching Bav because, uh, you're so consistent that it's like every week you're putting, it seems like every week you're putting out a new video so everyone can just follow you anyway. So. This past month hasn't been the most consistent, but yeah, once I'm set up in there, it's definitely going to be right back to the usual videos. Um, yeah. And yeah. How's your MNR Cruiser? Beautiful. I love it. I, I've done videos on just the Cruiser. It's, yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them. Yeah. I get asked all the time about that. And it's just mainly because my main supplier is the supplier of MNR, but um, I couldn't see any other ones to go for because we just got different people. Right. We haven't, I don't know if we've got Anatole over here. We're uh-huh. probably full of shit. We probably do, but yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So do you, perfect. do you see, do you see automation here anytime soon for you? Um, it definitely you... depends it definitely but I'm definitely always going to keep my manual 100% uh-huh. because I like all of the playing around stuff like high builds and crazy metallics and all of the really unusual stuff um and you can't really teach on an automatic like you can with the videos yeah you can't yeah. be like oh, oh yeah. press press this setting and then you pull the shirt <laughs> off it's pretty boring that would be true. like that's like one video, right? I don't know. Maybe there's there's so much <laughs> more to true. it than I'm. I'm probably just uh yeah being a bit mean. Yeah, the viewers but... the the viewers can't relate as much because no. they obviously don't wouldn't have that auto. Yeah, you're just talking about heat management for like five videos straight. No, um, yeah, no, I'll always keep my manual. But if we move into another premises, uh, then yeah, I'll get a small auto, but just to keep up with production for Blind Maggot, but not really to do it for other people. So I'd never go crazy and have multiples or anything like that. But what is your split, would you say, Blind Maggot versus people, like percentage-wise? Would it be like 80-20, 50-50? No, it's probably like 90-10 now, Blind Maggot and 10%, <laughs> 10% people. 
I literally, wow. I, I literally just do my friends, which is really harsh. Um, if they're like a good friend from a local business, I know they're going to be a piece of cake to work with. There's no aggro. Hard. Some people just send me a box and I'm like, okay, what is the image on this? One email image, one email for the invoice done. Mm, okay. That's what they're the ones that I work with. I don't do any new customers. Has basically. your, has your, has your business always been like that? Or did no. you used to do more custom? It's really changed. So I started as an open access studio for artwork, flat wet, flatbed printing for like posters. And then I realized this is a hell of a lot of work for hardly any like money because you can only have four people in. It was just very, very difficult. Like you're running around after all these artists and they all want a lot of attention. So I phased that out, figured out that t-shirt printing is the most fun thing that you can ever do so then yeah. that kind of took over i got rid of some of my presses and then um the commercial work just grows doesn't it it's not like yeah. you're inviting it it's just like oh i should probably be advertising that i do that and then it just snowballs and then the previous customers come back for the next year and it just and then you just got like what's the what's the best what's the best shop hack you've learned to say no to the to the orders that you don't want. Oh, that, that was a switch in my mentality. Just reading a lot of books and realize that the best one is Mike McCallowitz. He does like Profit First, um, The Orange, uh, The Pumpkin Patch, all of his books. Because they tell you that like, if you look back at the last 10 jobs that you've done and you actually do the maths on which ones were profitable, you can actually see a couple in there that you actually lost money on. Yeah. But if you don't go back and look, they can suck you down. And then at the end of the year, you're like, God, where's all my profit gone? And then, but people don't realize they're getting eaten up by all that like turnover. And they think, oh, if I make 100K turnover, 200K, the more turnover I make, the more profit I get, right? And it's not like that. Mm. So we're doing, we're doing a lot less turnover, but we're making more profit. So reading Mike McCallowitz was the biggest turning point, I think. <laughs> You, you seem like a guy who likes inspirational quotes and mentors and stuff. I do. So, yeah. I do like quotes and reading. <laughs> I haven't had the most reading done here lately, yeah. but I need to get back I, to it. Uh, I could be geeky. I, I can be geeky and tell you my my favorite ones that really like made something yeah. click and changed my Go mind. Go for but, it. Yeah. I'll, I'll DM you some stuff, but you might be like, for God's sake, you're really rolling your eyes. Like, yeah, 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 I get it. But no, <laughs> no, I love that stuff. <laughs> yeah. M, M said to ask you, like, when you're doing your videos, what are you listening to on your AirPods or are you listening to yourself? That was just a funny um, question. <laughs> oh, are, you talking about, <laughs> are you talking about when I have my AirPods in? In your YouTube videos. He's like, what is he listening to? So I'm not yourself, listening but... to anything. <laughs> So the funny thing with that is before I used to just have my phone and just record. Right. Um, and then I used, I started getting comments like, bro, your mic sucks. Can you get a mic or something? And it's like, okay, I don't have a <laughs> mic right now, but I do have AirPods and that might work. So let me yeah. put these in, see if that works. See if you guys can hear me a little bit better. And it worked a little bit better. So I just started doing that. And then, I got a mic now and stuff. So that's why the audio is a little bit better, but that's mainly what it was for is just so you guys can hear yeah. me. <laughs> oh, okay. We're, we're joking. Like, is he listening to Drake? 
while he's talking and telling us this stuff. But, but yeah, that's quite that's, funny. That's funny. That's what a lot yeah. of people probably think. Yeah. But I, I've never seen like a YouTube channel. You, you, I might be wrong and you might be deleting stuff or you might have like your own battles with it. But you're saying like people being harsh on YouTube comments and stuff. But I don't see that with your channel. I see a lot of positivity and it seems like everyone's being really nice. Is that the way that oh my you God. see it? Or yeah, that's, you- that's exactly how it is. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. The, the support and the love that I've been getting on YouTube and like the engagement alone. It's like the comments are always super supportive. And that's why I reply mm. to each and every one of them. It's like, yeah, the comments are awesome. Like I rarely get any like bad comment. It's like, I'm grateful for it. So it's yeah. like, I, I love the community that I've built on there. And that's why it's, I try to keep giving them back like raw and content and stuff. That's why I'm trying to document everything. Cause like they're giving so much to me and supporting me. So let me support them and get the, give yeah. them the content that they like which I don't know how people want to watch me, but like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I, I think it's authenticity because you're not, there isn't any, any like weird like facade or like there isn't anything there. So people can just Thank literally you. connect with you. So yeah, I think you're doing an amazing job. Thank yeah. you so much. I really appreciate that. There was well, actually one, there was actually one bad comment, but. <laughs> Who is it? Let's go and troll him. Like we can all go troll him together. And uh, who is it? Um, it was on like a it was on like a post of me saying new video coming soon, and then he was just like, I think he thought like me. I think it was just some hate towards me getting a shop and like growing. He was just like, wow, it's nice to see somebody start above water, like not like the rest of us who have to build a business from the ground up. I'm like. Mm have you not seen the videos of me building this business from the ground up because he (laughs) somehow they somehow they thought this whole business was given to me from my parents which none of it was I mean they're doing their own thing a whole separate thing and I'm doing my own thing so I was like but then somebody else jumped in into that same comment and supported me (laughs) that's the funniest thing to see it's kind of like lions in like Africa or something and you're like Oh, someone's coming after me, but no, just let all the hyenas like go and attack them for you. Like, yeah, I wanted to just jump on that, and I didn't even know what the comment was. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, just just but, let, let your followers kill them instead. But. Yeah, but ninety nine percent, it's always love on there. That's why I love that yeah. platform. Yeah, it's probably just one percent jealousy anyway, and they just don't understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Link back to video number one, and then they'll then they'll see what it's all about. <laughs> it's alright. That's. <laughs> That's what the content is for, for everyone to look back. So like, even when this happens in the future, that they'll have the videos yeah. to look back on. Yeah. And I, I, if anybody is watching this, I highly recommend start documenting your process on YouTube. I mean, you never know where it can go. And yeah. even if it doesn't go anywhere, it's, it's a good video log for you to look back at, let's say when you're 10, 20 years later, for you to look back on at like 20 years younger you, it's going to be really cool to look at. That's what I'm excited for. It's like when I'm like 50 years old and I can look back at this, it's going to be a cool memory because I'm not going to remember it all, but like the videos will make me remember it all and seeing everything will be cool. Yeah. From 17 or something to like 50, it's going to be insane. Yeah. I'm I'm going to have to like say, remind you that I did this podcast with you in a few years so that you come on again and with your big shop and, all the employees coming and bringing you coffee and stuff. <laughs> no, <laughs> of course I'd come on. Thank you so much, Beth. Thank you so much. <laughs>